0: We depend largely on the public to help us solve crime. On May 10th, 1967, three boys, ages 11, 13, and 14, went missing in Mark Twain's hometown of Hannibal, Missouri.
1: In season three of The Lost Boys of Hannibal, Boots on the Ground, we discover new information and details into the boys' disappearance. These are boys, little boys. You don't know what happened. You should try to find out what happened. Nothing should deter you from that. So, yeah, it angers me a little bit. When the deputy mentions
0: these trees would have been here 51 years ago, that's when I immediately knew who we were looking for. Join us as we journey into Hannibal's biggest mystery to find the truth about what happened to Billy, Joey, and Craig. Welcome back to the Lost Boys of Hannibal Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie, and with me, as always, because I wouldn't have it any other way, Chris Ketters. Chris, welcome back to our show. Welcome back, Frankie. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm, uh, reeling the... I can't... I still can't get past a lot of what has happened over the last couple months here with the Hogue family, and I think the last two episodes really broaden people's uh, horizons on where boots on the ground and what it means to us um and we're gonna dive in a little bit on some of some of the stuff that's been going on we can't really get into too much detail with it just because we don't have specifics yet um and i don't want to you know say something that we're going to have to redact later uh but uh, one of the big things I think, though, are the comments and, and the downloads that we're getting. Uh, you'll dive in a little bit to some of the more negative comments, <laughs> but I, I just really want to focus on our positive comments because I think that really, that really helps our show when we get five stars on Apple. And I know we always say Apple and I'm like, oh, I listen on Android. The thing with Apple is their weird algorithm. We've mentioned this a couple times. And if you listen to any other podcast like Joe Rogan or anything or you know Ben Shapiro or any kind of talking head, they're always you know give us a review on Apple and and the reason is is because the more reviews we have, we me and Chris really want to get featured on Apple. It'll really launch us into the atmosphere of true crime and really bring a lot of attention to the things that are going on in Hannibal. So there's a couple really good reviews and we've decided to actually start reading them. And one we got on Friday, uh, the title is My Current Addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this this is by Elise uh, Danan I think that's the way you say that or Danan um, I am going through two to three episodes per day I love these two guys an interesting story sweet brief awesome thank you Elise uh, thank you so much on May 24th we received um, totally addictive I grew up in Missouri for years I worked at a summer camp and led kids through a wild cave in southern Missouri my husband grew up in New Hannibal Uh, And so we were regular drive through heading to my parents or his this podcast totally captures your imagination Part true crime part spaeological. This is a totally unique podcast I started listening about a week ago and that's all I've done since I can't wait till we find the boys because I know we will and that's the type of energy that we want um, to really broadcast through here I, I mean i can get spicy if somebody has seen some of my <laughs> replies um and then the only reason why is because i think that it's important to keep the focus on the boys keep the focus on on the show one of them was, so that was really cool though too was uh, by a person that said great podcast guys keep it up but to be honest i'm only here so i couldn't gather much information as i can uh so i can present this to my dad and that the fact that he has been missing person from the seventies. And, um, if you're listening right now, please send us an email to info at lost And me and Chris can get us over to the research team. Uh, we have a lot of people over there helping and we would love to help you as well and possibly spin up another podcast. We have a couple different groups that are looking into other cases in Hannibal. We'd love to help you out. Yeah. So Chris, with that, I'm going to read more reviews on the next episode, but for now, what do you got for us? Well,
1: I'm I'm disappointed you didn't go to the one that I love the most out of all the Oh, let's read it. Let's do it. we Um, got time. I I got one here from May 20th that says, you know what maybe uh, is who wrote it. And it says, these guys do such a great job trying to get to the bottom of what happened to the boys. They're They're not doing it for fame or money. They really care about the families who are still suffering 54 years later chris does amazing research and puts in so much time to go over every detail and article he can get his hands on from so long ago frankie i think you're gonna blush on this one it says here <laughs> frankie is such a great producer and does a great job of adding his flair to the mix and he's got such a good radio voice oh uh, thanks mom thanks mom
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Since here I listened to the whole thing In just five days after visiting Hamble for work I really feel like they'll find the boys So thanks That's that's my favorite uh, out of all I mean I love all of them obviously But um, if you want to throw a name drop us in there And tell Frankie how sexy his voice is And tell you know <laughs> I usually get the sexy voice But I'll give it to Frankie That's
0: whatever. true That's true I mean you uh, were on the radio more than I was I'm. I I'm just you know
1: I don't use my radio voice.
0: You don't. You in don't. Podcasting. I've heard it.
1: Yeah, I have a radio voice, and I don't use it uh, in, in this yeah. situation. My but.
0: my girlfriend, my bro- girlfriend Bailey, when she listens to the, the podcast, she always says podcast voice because I don't. I don't talk like this. Clearly, I don't talk like this <laughs> to her. I don't know why it's different, but uh, for some reason, it is to her that it is different. So, um, well, yeah, it's she says funny podcast too. voice.
1: It's funny too at the when we did the intro, which we didn't have a chance to really talk about. We did the intro uh, for this season. Uh, you did. We did the the playthroughs and the read-throughs of it, and I was like, Frank, yeah, no you gotta, you got the voice. I need the voice from you, and finally you pulled it out, and I was like, there it is,
0: <laughs> the trailer voice right. coming to theaters. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Lost exactly. Boys of Hannibal, <laughs> like. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, sorry we're rambling and and talking (laughs) here, but um... I love it. Yeah, my segue. Uh, one of the comments we did get uh, is... is, uh, And we appreciate all comments. Obviously, we love the five stars. If you think there's something we can do to improve, uh, we always appreciate that as well. Uh, one of the things that's come up a few times with different people, we've heard this a couple a few times, not only from us, a couple reviews, but also some individual people that have contacted us or contacted friends of friends of friends, um, and so we've heard through the grapevine, is that sometimes we like to ramble. And Frankie... We're talkers, uh, obviously. We uh, we mm-hmm. can definitely do our talking, but you know, a lot of times when we do these episodes, I. I There's a reason why we ramble And and the reason is because I don't want to Miss anything and and I think that would be a a Great uh, dishonor Maybe not dishonor is not the right word but uh, It's not giving the full Advantage and the full benefits of Giving all the information out there and one of the Things I've said and I think I when I Re-listened to season one uh, A few weeks ago I re-listened to the whole Season one and one of the things I talked About was how if we can't Solve this and we can't find out Who what happened to the boys then maybe somebody down the road can and and hopefully this podcast the podcast that you're listening to um, can be accessible down the road in 50 or 100 years or whatever it might take to where they don't have to do all the work uh, and uh, do all the research like uh, our uh, one review just said we want to have that ability to where when we put the information out there not only do we have it out there we have all the information available but we also are being as factual as possible and that's another big thing is that we've had a couple reviews saying about um well if you want to get the real information go check this thing out or you know go check this out and here's the thing anywhere you go to find out this information, we're all getting it from the same source. And that is right. from newspaper clippings, and that's from uh, you know reports from back in the day, like the William Karras Report, all that stuff, or even interviews, like many people have done interviews. That's all coming from the same location. So to say that one person's inaccurate compared to another person is not a very good statement because of the fact we're all getting the information from the same place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly and and if you go on and, and you look at some of the comments you can see where that's coming from and you know we've we've done nothing but you know respect the people that came before us we've 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 never downtrodden or ash can anyone you know that they're, they're but but we get that treatment but we're not we're always going to take the high road because once again our focus is not me and chris's persona it's finding these boys and i do understand the rambling comment i do and i get spicy i get it But at the same time, these are people that are listening to podcasts like Generation Y, who I love those guys. I've been in contact with them. They're incredible. They're in Kansas City. They're listening to stuff like True Crime Junkie or True Crime Garage. These people are not deep divers. These people are telling you a story like John Wayne Gacy or they're telling you a story like Son of Sam. And they're getting to it within 40 minutes to an hour and a half. And they tell you the whole thing. They're not trying to solve it. That's the difference between our podcast. We have to go deep dive. We have to go into everything because, A, we have Candice, who's basically going to tell us if we're wrong or not, or <laughs> our research team that's going to basically tell us, yeah, that was good, this is good, hey, check this, redact this. And other people, too, could tell us, hey, you got this wrong, you got this name wrong, you got the school name wrong, you got this person's name wrong, that's not how it's said. The reason why we do that is because we want to keep it clean we want to keep it open, and I think that's why we have a majority rule of five zero stars in our reviews because we're not giving you guys, we're not selling you um, you know, a mediocre book that basically is hodgepodged with newspaper clippings and somebody that knew the boys when he was nine years old for a day. Okay, so that's the difference between us and Chris and these other people that want to talk about books we should read. If there's a book on Hannibal, including the new one that just came out, we've read them. Yep. The minute they come out, we read them. The minute there's something like Hometown Horror Stories, which thank God, <laughs> Did not come back for a second season. And if you watch that one, you know why. Um, Shippa went sailing in the harbor and left forever. But anyway, so you know, at the end of the day, like there's a reason why there's tenacity and there's stance and there's people that can stay and put their flag on the ground and say this. But once again, this is not about me and Chris. It's not about how we look. It's not about our vanity. It's about, even though my voice is sexy, (laughs) (laughs) it's about finding these boys. It's about joining the leagues of people that are willing to help us and willing to help us search. And I really think that if you love this topic, like you know, when I was doing my documentary, there wasn't enough, there was never enough of information. I hate it when somebody was talking about the Lemp family and it was only 15 minutes. I wanted them to go on for an hour. Um, so there is that. So we appreciate all the comments. It's good feedback. Unfortunately, we're talkers. We have communicator awards. So, mm. You know, kind of all goes <laughs> hand in hand, but uh <laughs> that's yeah. my piece with that, Chris.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we again appreciate everything, and um, you know, there may be something down the road that we haven't caught or something that's um, you know, the biggest thing is probably interviews. In all honesty, that's the biggest thing, and that's something we've been working on. Obviously, one of the biggest interviews that you could possibly have. We just had the last few episodes talk with Denise Hogue, and we'll have, uh, as you mentioned, Candice coming up, who's Denise's daughter in the uh, in a future episode. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of information out there and we do want to appreciate uh the feedback i mean we haven't mentioned it yet this season boy our uh discussion group on facebook has just exploded um so that's really great for you guys to come yeah. in there i would again i made this point uh, last season or maybe in season one is that make sure that you listen to all, all the episodes before you go on there and post because i do know a lot of people that may have only listened to an episode or two and then just like Thought they had all the information And, and went on and obviously at, In episode 1 and 2 we were calling it uh, Stowel school and calling uh, Lynn Strube Lynn Strobe uh, So we were making mistakes In the early time uh, That we were able to correct as time went on So uh, just keep that in mind to make sure To which if you're at this point in time You've already caught up <laughs> you're good to go But yeah. um, we're you know we're Over 120,000 downloads Now which is insane that uh, For what we've uh, started out with that nine. Nine downloads we had which we figured what five or six of them were just me and you so we had three people listening to us at one point in time uh so yeah so it's great to be where we're at and uh speaking of where we were at so we've had the opportunity frankie i put a picture on that discussion group page just uh, recently uh of a picture of our favorite geologist julie angel so yes, julie, julie and my our s-
0: angel julie is julie's our <laughs> angel like charlie's <laughs> right. angel it's, it's Chris's angel. There That's, yeah,
1: there you go. So, uh, Julie and, and Frankie, I'm going to tell you this. The guy's name is Mark, and you had a perfect Italian accent for it. What was his last <laughs> name?
0: It, for me, it says uh, Territili, Territili. Is how you.
1: Yeah. Yes. Because uh, uh,
0: usually Italian is, is spelled the way it said. So, I would say Territili, uh is probably how it said. It's a good Italian name. I would guess it would be Naples, Southern Italy, Southern Italian.
1: Mm, okay. Um a lot more information than I was expecting, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, So Mark and Julie were in Hannibal recently. I was able to uh, meet with them. Uh, Mark uh, works with the University of Illinois um, at one of the uh, universities uh, in the state, up I think in Bloomington is where he's located. Uh, but Mark and Julie came in and had a great opportunity to meet with them, not only to kind of explore the area and kind of see the different areas, but uh, one of the fascinating things I found, and boy, if you get ever a chance, maybe, I don't know, Frankie, maybe I'm just a geek when it comes to geology and anything ology, but uh, we had a really fun time of exploring the Louisiana limestone. Which the Louisiana limestone is, recaps is about 60 foot deep. Uh, it's it's covers almost all. I mean, all of Northeast Missouri for the most part. But that's our interest of of where the caves are going to be located. So it was really neat to kind of pinpoint those. Those how where they're at, you know, Murphy's Cave and Mark Twain Cave, Cameron Cave, and all those caves. Um, so it was really neat to to be able to do that. So we want to thank them, and um, and, and you know, to kind of wrap it all up with before we jump into this episode uh, is that um, it's kind of part of everything about talking about boots on the ground, Frankie. We're we're uh, we're uh, definitely getting muddy and getting some ticks for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and the effort here too, guys, is that you know is that we know that me and Chris have professed over time that. You know, We've never really asked anything from our listeners and stuff, but there will come a time this year that we will call upon you uh, because it is getting hot and heavy. As you guys know, there are two paths right now. We are still going down the true crime path. We are still going down the caving path. Chris has taken the caving path. I've taken the true crime path, and both those paths will lead to Um, experts in the industry. Like you heard Mark and Julie are experts in the industry and the things that we're uncovering and the finds that we hope to be making soon will really lend some credence to not only this story, but maybe possible some answers. So look out for that. Um, We also have a great Patreon. I wanted to thank the four people. (laughs) <laughs> Chris out of nowhere um, signed up. Well, there's a another high fiver. Uh, the high fiver is a, is a five dollar monthly donation. All of that goes to our server costs and our website and to produce these shows. And then we also have a couple ten dollar people came in and just just swinging in. And and we never asked this if anyone you guys get the complete show um, regardless if you're given or not because we know how hard last year was. But um, if there is a Patreon, you can find it on our website or you can go to Patreon and find Lost Boys of Hannibal. If you want to donate, great. You don't have to. Me and Chris are are fully, (laughs) we're going to give you the same content. Um, But those are for people that are really supporting us. And we really, really appreciate it because it has been helping because I've been spending a lot of time in Hannibal as of late. And um, yeah, and don't forget uh, Holiday Inn Express and (laughs) guess what's open, Chris? The Quarry House is now open on Airbnb. It is sold out for the 4th of July weekend, I heard.
1: Yes, yes it is. Um, But check
0: it out on Airbnb. The Quarry House is absolutely beautiful. Uh, Charlie and Laurel have done an incredible job of restoring the entire place. And me and Chris will be podcasting from there and making it our second HQ inside of Hannibal. So look forward to that.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be great at that place is just just amazing but uh frankie i
0: think it's time
1: it's time to go back we've rambled <laughs> it's time <laughs> to go back and visit an old friend
0: a friend that a lot of people have asked whatever happened to those those dangan letters <laughs> well ray Ferrier is back ladies and gentlemen he is back
1: yeah so let's give you a recap first we mentioned uh, ray back i believe it was uh season two uh no it was season one it was season uh-huh. one
0: condolence letters
1: yeah the condolence letters is when we first brought him up then he came back an episode or two later and we uh, dug deep into uh the ray fairy again uh ray fairy just a quick recap he is not the name of the person we're talking about Frankie and I had a discussion uh, just recently uh, before we found this information out about should we release his name? And it really came down to, in my opinion, and my feelings, is that it came down to is that if my father was accused of doing something or the possibility of doing something, mm-hmm. um, I would have a hard time accepting that. Um, and now so the the process is, is that the family is not aware that this is a person of interest. And so since they are not aware of this, unlike like a Charles Ray Hatcher or, um, you know, Charlie Hoskins or people like that, they're known, known criminals. I mean, they've had a history. This person doesn't really have any history. We cannot find anything that suggests that, uh, they have committed crimes in the past. So we can't find anything related to that. Um, but what we're seeing here makes you question if there might be more to the story.
0: Yeah. And to piggyback that, Chris, there are comments that come up on our discussion groups and our page that we have no control over. And there are good true crimeers out there that have listened to other podcasts where it could have been the teacher. It could have been the father. It could have been a brother. It could have been a sibling, right? But also it could have been the pastor or the priest. And in some cases, me and Chris have never, on any of our episodes or any of our seasons, blatantly accused anyone, especially the clergy or anything. But we cannot control what happens on our boards. And They are good true-crimers. It's a good way to look at it Sometimes it comes across it could come across a little insensitive But that's not the intent of that person the intent of that person is like have you looked into this? Have you checked this out because I heard it on true crime junkie or I heard it on true crime garage? You, you know, there's so much true crime surrounding this so in the case of Ray Ferrier. We don't we've never done that and we continue to stand by the Hoag family and we keep getting the, the emails and we appreciate the, the messages. We have no solid proof or evidence that this was an this was a Hoag family thing or a Dow family thing. It's just not gonna come out of our mouths. We would n- really need to see something upstanding. And if we did see that, it would be brought to the family's attention before a podcast in an audience we just want to let you know we would do the same for you guys if one of your family members out there in Hannibal comes up we just don't want to do it so I know that was kind of long-winded but it's important that you guys understand that we don't have control over what people say we've only gotten rid of one person in the two or three years we've been online because everybody pretty much gets along we like we like the debate I think it's good but keep it healthy keep it clean and remember to be Sensitive that these people, this is only 54 years ago, these people's families are still alive. So let's be cautious of that.
1: And not only are they alive, but they're also members of the discussion group as well. So keep that in mind as well when, yeah. when you're, you're bringing up some of these subjects or maybe doing a little bit of accusatory action, possibly thrown out there. Again, it's a true crime aspect. We get it. Um, and, and you guys want to make sure we go down all paths. And I'll be honest with you. Before we jump into Rafe area, there's a lot of there's a lot of paths still. If you want to go down that true crime path, and I still have my percentages. There's players out there. But you know, honestly, but before we start digging deep into the weeds we got to take care of the what's on the top of the water and skim that off first and those are those sure. big those big people the big names that are involved with this so those are the yeah. people that we really need to ask uh, you know scratch off the scratch off the list before we head on to, to something else
0: yeah and as always you're always more than welcome to personally message me or chris on facebook or messages through hannibal or even email us at info at com. if you have a question that you think might be sensitive to someone out there just email us and we will never ever ever expose you or the message you sent to us we might bring it up but we'll never bring you up okay so with that yeah ray farrier
1: Ray Farrier. So let's recap real quick. The first letter came in January of 1968 and that letter had to do with the reptiles. Talking about the snakes and all this that was in the, the Highway 79 cutout area and they gotta be careful about the reptiles and, and they've never been exposed and so, whatever. It was a weird letter. That letter was addressed to the Dowls, by the way. But There may have been more and I would be really interested and again, if maybe down the road or uh, even now, if there's a Dow family member that's listening to this and they have said, uh, oh, I got some of those letters that are kind of weird. Let us know because um, we there. I, I highly, I highly believe that there's not only one Dow letter <laughs> that's coming from Ray Fair here. It was something, Frankie. We've never really discussed, but uh, we have one for
0: sure. That's true. Um, absolutely. And the thing too is to remember is that we are trying to piece this together. Uh, Dr. Brian Holoyda had looked at these letters initially, and he needed more. Yeah. Well. On May 10th, 1968, there was a letter to the Hogs, and that was the one that really got us very suspicious of this. Um, in this, he says, I could have saved them. You owe me nothing but the right to live if I'm right. Also included was a drawn picture of a foundry or some type of structure. And that was just really kind of creepy, and it's like, what is this guy trying to say? But at that, Dr. Brian Heloida and the other forensic psychologists that we looked at and talked to about... These type of interesting letters, they basically pass it off as somebody wanting to put themselves in the story, that they could have been loose of mind, kind of crazy, somebody that really maybe wanted to help but didn't really have enough information to give. So we passed it on. So go ahead.
1: So what if we tell people that are listening right now? These three letters seem crazy, right? Just I mean, we had some weird, weird letters. What if we had six more? (laughs) <laughs> so, Frankie, are you ready to get into these?
0: Yep, I'm sure the per- people out there uh, been chomping at this for a while, and and this is this yeah. Is a cool so episode. we
1: start uh, with this letter. And if, we, if you remember, we just talked about the one letter that came is a May 10th, so one year to the date. We thought that was kind of odd, but this letter actually comes four days before that, and it was written on May 6th of 1968. And it says, To those concerned, Hannibal, Missouri, May 6th, 1968, I believe every effort has been used to discredit myself and others in this case. This is my opinion, and some facts to give ground that this is so. This whole thing started as a publicity stunt to revive Hannibal for political and financial reasons. Nature took a hand instead, instead made it become a disaster to three boys' lives and others with open hearts for children. Uh, with open hearts for children. I'm not the least concerned as to being called a lion or me, that would be a liar or perhaps a little crazy. This has been done before. Even in courts, I have proved this. And again, I was right. And who was living, living, uh, Lying, sorry. Uh, there has been too much of such to leave no doubt in my mind as to my and many others' opinions. This has been the lowest trick ever pulled on public. As to my opinion of those in charge, could not be any lower. They have taken a choice between the truth and concealment of the same. It is my pleasure to expose each one, one by one, to the truth can they face it question mark sincerely in the name of the person now frankie uh before we dig into this there's a couple things i want to lay out there's some weird scribbles on this one that uh, is very odd so he made like a paragraph and then he would make like weird scribble notes with a pencil after that paragraph and he did that pretty much the every single time that paragraph started
0: yeah, the, the other thing too is this weird number up here 61968. yeah. Um, yeah so that's 68. the date. It's, but it's yeah, it's very very written strange. in pencil. Now I don't know if it, maybe maybe one of the maybe one of the children got that's into this point. and started scribbling on it, but it does kind of look like stalactites mm-hmm. and stalagmites. Yeah. So
1: so that's the letter. And, and Frankie, when we first saw this, uh, we read it and we were like, well, that's kind of odd. And this is handwritten, obviously then we flipped the page over and we saw something weird on the back mm-hmm. of this page and i automatically knew what it was and frankie you didn't you were like I, i'm not sure what this is um but i've seen it many many times uh it it was the back yep. the last page of the william caris reports It was the back page with all the thank yous for everybody that helped with the search. And it had uh, Conway Christensen's uh, autograph and William Karras' signature on the back, the last page.
0: Question is, Frankie, how did he get that report? Very strange because it looked like an authentic report. Like, you know, if they were printing these things out, they were probably only given to the people that it concerned, in my opinion. Based on the money that they had spent, they had to come up with some kind of final report. The fact that he just has one laying around, I, if anyone was there in 1968 that remembers the Karis Report just being open to the public to take and they were just print it like a book, then maybe that explains it. We don't know. So we're posing that question. It is very odd that he talks about the politics that are involved. You know, one of the things that always comes up too is like, how to, how was Air Force Two you know, involved in all of this. And we, we, you mentioned it in um, the the second episode this season about, you know, it's possible that maybe the, you know, America needed a win um, with the Vietnam war going on. But the more and more I look at this, it, it seems like this person was very much built on conspiracies and trying to find a way to leverage three lost boys with getting attention to America's hometown in Hannibal, Missouri. So that's kind of the takeaway from, from this letter Uh, he seems very sure of himself. He also leads on to the fact that he's been in court before he's been on the stand before. So it kind of opens it up to a more personality of like looking in and our research team is definitely, uh, looking at this from with a fine tooth comb as to maybe we can get something about these court documents where he's calling people liars. Um,
1: Cool. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and we can tell you, we have done a search. I know there's a lot of people that live in Missouri that are automatically going to say, "Well, guys, check out CaseNet. Check, check out CaseNet. You got to check out CaseNet uh, because in Missouri, that's like the the information. If you want to find out about a case that has gone on in court, there's a thing in Missouri called CaseNet. I'm, I it may be in other states as well, uh, but there is a thing that you can go on there and you can put a person's name in, and it's going to give you the information about that person. The only the only lawsuit we can find actually goes back, I believe it was 1982. Yeah, if that is correct. It's 1982, and that was, uh, was Ray Farrier's divorce proceedings against his wife because that was the year that they got divorced. That is the only case that is in there. So it brings it up interesting of why he's mentioning that he's been in court before, but we're not seeing any proof uh, within our... Um, case net abilities to be able to access his name with any case net files absolutely yeah so that's uh. so again interesting stuff uh, again also I'm pretty sure you mentioned about uh, the Keris report the only thing that the Keris report uh, I'm pretty sure that Even William Karras puts in the Karras report that uh, it was handed over to the uh, police department. And I think that's the only mention of where he he may have given it to a copy to the library, too. Uh, But there's very few copies, from my understanding, that was handed out in 1968. Actually, it was late 67 when it was finished. So. All right. So that's letter one. Are we ready for letter two? Yes, sir. We go to June 9th, 1968. Uh, this time he does put the name of the town that he lives in at the top of the, of the letter... This one is a little longer. It's uh, it's not um, not full-page letters. It is handwritten. Uh, it is six pages long, but it's like a, like a mini legal pad size, so it's not as long as it sounds. Uh, this one has my, Mr. Mike Hogue of Fulton Avenue in Hannibal, Missouri. It says, Dear Sir, I have confirmed my investigation as to your missing boys. The facts are beyond human knowledge or belief. I'm not too sure you would want to really know or could live with this knowledge. Let's look at it this way: most of our great men who gave or are giving us the most were in their excuse me were in their time considered crazy or eccentric. Perhaps you'll feel this way as well. To me, uh, I hope now to. Enlighten you, which enlighten is spelled wrong. Most most of this is spelled wrong. Subject, yeah. I just now the enlighten was the one that caught me. Uh, In this case, you may return to the Holy Bible. The words in, in, in parentheses says the blind shall lead the multitude. At the beginning of the search, spelled wrong. Only could they see or let themselves see what they only wanted to believe. Perhaps even now you feel what a lonely loony or loony this guy is perhaps barn born too soon for the times now back to the boys (laughs) i thought we were still talking about the boys it says here i feel if you have a talk with your brother jack your son tim or jimmy the boy who was with me last time i was there Also, Brother Marvin, as to what was happening the morning of May 16th, 1967, you would know what I'm up against. Your son was in the tree not far from me. He had no way of knowing who I was or where I came from. He knows enough if he will only tell unless he wasn't the one I seen. And then it says, I'm sure they saw are seen enough. Now let's probe deeper. The man who was on Leap Area the night of May 15, 1967 is still there, exclamation point. He knows locations of Cavern I know is there. To learn its location or have knowledge of some could be one's death. He has to be an expert in his trade. Now, I'm not sure if I can return the boys alive, even if they could be found. There's a good chance that I might not return myself. I have reason, Joey may be the only one alive as of uh as of and up to time i showed your daughter location of breather to cavern is that breather
0: that's what it looks like
1: okay uh now we go to the next page when someone more than one claimed rocks were falling near them i picked up on sound waves of a boy they called joey say that's sis up there don't harm her did Joey call his sister sis most of the time question mark if so i'm on the right track now do you feel i should stay on this thing until the end it's very expensive to continue but i'm willing to carry the expense on my of my own i'm sure you understand i cannot put the needed time to speed this matter uh, a conclusion says a conclusion it would and will take at least a week of continued work to complete the two climax this expense would figure 100 a day or less so you see if i continue i must set aside this expense from my own businesses in order to continue from time to time as i said i'm not sure you really would want to know the outcome so it's up to you sincerely and then the name there's a ps here too it says no one could love his brother more than to give his life for him i'm afraid two boys have already done
0: this wow it's a lot it's a lot for for the audience to take in it's a lot for people that had followed the letters on previous seasons there's a lot of information here um yeah
1: there is there's actually some valuable information in this uh for he knows the family one of the things yeah, he mentions names. He mentions Jim, or uh, Tim, and or Jimmy. He also mentions a brother named Jack,
0: which which is true.
1: And a and a brother named Marvin,
0: which is not true.
1: Which I don't know about the Marvin. Yeah, the other thing that bothers me, and I'm if I can find it again, this is six pages. But when I read it, he mentions that rocks were being thrown, and that goes back to our Karis report in the possibility that. This justifies that this guy is our mystery man once again.
0: This holds water.
1: Yeah, because he says something along the lines of... um, And I wish I could find it, but again, it's six pages long. He says something about the lines of throwing rocks. Um, Okay, here he is. Um, When someone, more than one, claimed rocks were falling near them, I picked up on the sound wave of a boy they called Joey say. And then it quote says it's that sis up there. Don't harm her. So I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. But I the rock thing kind of caught me off guard. But Frankie, is there anything that you caught on this?
0: My Sienna's mother, my daughter's mom, she calls Sienna sis all the time. It, it is a thing here in Missouri. I've heard it. Um, and that might be in that family as well. But you call females, even ones that are not your sister, it could be your daughter or, or a friend. You call them sis. So that... There's even an aunt sis in her family, so that's interesting because it's very unique to families. I don't know that every family does that, but if they do do that, then yes, that that would lead credence to know that that's kind of an interesting tell, right? Like nobody knows that my nickname is Cheech. Now you guys do, but <laughs> you know it's even in my wallet. But that that for me is the one that sticks out a lot. It's like I wonder if he did call her sis. Um, I've never called my my sister sis. I didn't grow up here, but. The other thing too is the location of the breather. What does what, what does that mean? That's yeah. something that Julie Angel maybe have to because because I showed him a time a location of the breather to the cavern, and he's still relating these boys being in the caves. Now, brother Jack is is a thing that that's true. He mentions Jack in the original letters as well. So Jack was the
1: last one to say last one to see him or something like that. Yeah,
0: which doesn't yeah. make any sense because Jack was a cop in St. Louis City. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I I don't think that I don't know. I I don't I don't want to say anything, right? Because I this this could be the key. I don't know. But
1: this a couple things here, but I also uh, kind of validation. We knew he owned a business, and he does validate yes. that at the end, saying that he owned a business, and so this is 68. Also, if you want to take all the letters, and and we got a few more to go, but. This one may be the more the most realistically, like level-headed letter. It's very very it's not accurate. Talking about reptiles, it's not talking about. Um, we're going to talk about UFOs in a little bit. Um, so, but this one's like, you know, Frankie. I, I before we jump to this last one, one thing that I do want to point out, and I I had somebody else kind of examine these, and we'll get into that more in, uh, in our next episode, but. One of the people said, "What if this is multiple personality disorder?"
0: It, it looks like it. I mean, I'm not. I can't speak to that. I can't diagnose that. But every letter is like a different person writing. This one is kind of mm. weird. Towards the end, he's talking about his expenses. And I almost felt like is he trying to get money from his family at this point. Like,
1: yeah, it felt like that's where it was going.
0: Didn't yeah, it? that was really strange. But um, let's look at the third letter. Maybe, maybe I'll give you some of my amazing reading right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, give give yeah, you a break.
1: yeah so this one's well yeah go figure it's the shortest one out of all of them that's why
0: i chose it (laughs) uh this
1: is a postcard from june 19th of 1968 and frankie i will let you take it away june 19th
0: 1968 dear friends which is very strange he doesn't approach the family at this point it's not mike hoag this time it's dear friends i am ready to deliver to you in person joey and billy in the next few days if you so wish like, why wouldn't they wish? Will you be ready to accept them and be able to face the truth? You must contact me within 24 hours from time you get this card. Sincerely, the name. This is almost like a hostage situation at this point.
1: This is straight up a, like a, a demand letter.
0: This is, this is one of the most eerieest letters that I think um, they receive. You know this is a year later. <laughs> so you mean to tell me these boys were still alive, or was he delivering dead bodies? He doesn't he says in person Joey and Billy in the next few days. He doesn't say that they're alive. So this is something that that is very grimacing and 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 just once again, if this is a person that's dealing with mental illness, then I do have some empathy. But if this is somebody that had something to do with it, you know how did the cops not follow up on this? I don't understand. You
1: got to put the mindset of 1967 in in there because, I mean, I know that mental dis, mental yeah. disability was a thing in the 60s for sure. But when you're looking at this, and I think I think that's part of the reason why Denise and the Hope family still had these letters because they were obviously odd. But it wasn't so much odd back then because you had so many. We talked about the ninety-plus letters that we got; those condolence letters, is that we went through uh, back in season one, and there were some crazy ones in there. The only one that continued was this guy who decided, "I'm going to start writing letters a year after the fact in 1968." It's just very odd. So I, but I would also assume by that time the Hogue family was not, not necessarily looking at this aspect. It's still probably not looking in 1968 at the the idea that some lunatic or some possible serial killer or some, you know, serial murderer are, is out there trying to murder the boys. I mean, they're probably not thinking that path even in that time.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, you know, you throw in the factor, too, is that he talks about this expert on the leap. He talks about Lever's Leap. He talks about the caverns. He talks about... You know, a lot of the things that you could have found in the newspaper, a lot of the things that were reported, if he has a copy of the Karras Report, which he does have because he wrote on it, then he does know details of the case that other people wouldn't know. The Stranger and the... This is all the things that did not come out of a book that was written a couple of years ago. This came out of the Karras Report, which is where our focus has always been. But Karis is the one that mentions the Stranger. And Karras is the one that, re, that, that mentions the... With the Troublemaker, right? So we had the, the 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 Mystery Man and the Troublemaker. These come from Karis and Tex Yocum's report and Conway Christensen. This doesn't come from a book that was written a couple of years ago. This is the truth. And so if this person had access to that, then he had access to a lot of facts, which would make me believe that he's using this as some kind of insertion of the story, possibly, to be the devil's advocate, to look at it from the perspective of, well... You know, yeah, maybe he knows these certain things, but he also, you know, showed his hand too. He showed his colors when he delivered the Karras report on one of the letters. So
1: (laughs) I'm still going off of the fact that it's screaming, "Remember me! Don't forget me! I'm still here." Yep. That that's all that that's all I'm getting from these letters is that he wants to be this guy wants to be remembered.
0: Yeah, and you know, like the other guy, I think what is it, Lloyd Atwood, who. I think it was Lloyd who said that they, you know, he saw them. They were in the cave, and they tried to do this whole thing, and they could never find where the boys were. You know, I, I think they exhausted a lot of needs, and I think they were exhausted overall with this search. I mean, you're trying to find three lost boys for over five weeks, and a year later, this guy is still hanging around. Man, it's mm-hmm. just lends credence to be something very strange. It's something's odd with this guy. Either he knows something, saw something, or I don't know why he would still write this family i i just don't i don't get it
1: i do want to clear one thing up sorry frank i do want to clear one thing up because i know i messed up and we've we've actually misspoken a few times so i want to make sure i have the record clear miss and especially since we're talking about both of them mystery man is ray farrier in all reality we i still fully believe that especially with the map that we receive or the map that was part of all the condolence letters that he he made i mean it puts it puts him in the area but I want to, so that's your mystery man. And always remember, Lloyd Atwood is what the uh, Karis report and William Karis in particular called the troublemakers. Troublemakers Atwood, mystery man is uh, Ray Farrier. So I just wanted to clear that up.
0: But Chris, it is 46 minutes past the hour and we're not going a whole hour. So we're going to have to save some of the most incredible letters for the next episode, including beverages, UFOs. And so many other things, Chris. So many other things. So from all of us here at the Lost Boys of Hannibal podcast, I'm your host, Frankie. I'm Chris. And we'll be seeing you. Oh!